you can see we have someone new. Can you get your first name here, young oh, guy? Yeah, thanks for welcoming me to the show, Tyler. Uh, no problem. My name's Joe. Hey, Joe. So, Joe, you're obviously a Johnny Manziel fan, it looks like, right? Clearly. Yeah, it's for sure. Chris, by the way. So, but Joe's our friend. <laughs> he goes by the uh, alias Lit Miguel. So, we got him on here because he really doesn't have a team affiliation right now. We just wanted to get some... Uh, you know, some perspective for non's, you know, non-Browns nation, and uh, you're you're an avid fantasy football player. Yes, so that's that, not very good. Right? Yeah, I mean, no, no I mean, he just I, plays constantly little. second. Yeah, <laughs> perpetually <laughs> the Phil Mickelson of fantasy football in a two-team yes. league. Yeah. Second in a two-team <laughs> league. So you you would say your most of your knowledge comes from, uh, you know, the fantasy football stats, right? Yeah. So when you see the Browns have Tyrod Taylor, you're like, well, that should be pretty good because, you know, it gets 20 points a week on average. Yeah, it was definitely a good filler for me every time last year. Okay. Uh, you know, um, and I had to sit someone. So, so tell us a little bit about your NFL watching habits. So you you were a Peyton Manning fan before? Yeah, absolutely. Randy okay. Moss before that? Yep, okay. Randy Moss, Peyton Manning. So you have anybody from the century that you watch? <laughs> um, I like Andrew Luck, but, you know, the dude's been hurt for <laughs> Forever. So mainly Colts quarterbacks Next. that have shoulder problems. Well, they got, luck, uh, they got lucky though. So you, you know, Peyton Manning, the god of the quarterbacks, you know, and then uh, great replacement Andrew Luck coming in. You know, he did great uh, his first couple of years, but he's unfortunately been hurt. So, so you would take Peyton Manning as your as the best quarterback of all time. Hundred percent. Okay. Who would you take as the best Brown of all time? Do you know any Browns? <laughs> See, this, oh, I know this, 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 is what this is what we're dealing with, guys. So, uh, all right. So, serious question: You don't really have a team because you're more of a no, player. Right. You you really like a player. So, what would the Browns have to do to get you to be a fan? So, for someone that's obviously just a player, player focused. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, in order for me, it, it would have to be exciting football to watch. I mean. Okay. Um, I don't really pay too much attention to the scores that the Browns have had over the last couple of years, but um, there's been some really low-scoring games from what I've seen. So, yeah. you know, some pitchers' duels in there. De- yeah. Definitely don't have any of their players on my roster for the fantasy leagues for that reason. You yeah. know, kind of need those TDs to win the league. So, like uh, Saquon Barkley, you know, the equivalent of like an Ezekiel Elliott came to a team. Shot. It'd be exciting. It'd be exciting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd. I mean, you got Jarvis Landry, you got Josh Gordon, you got. Corey Coleman, you got David Njoku. Then you you know throw in a little Carlos Hyde sprinkling for third down running, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we have a pretty good offense. I think it'd be high potency. You know, that would get you to at least come over to my house and watch. Yeah, I would definitely come over and enjoy <laughs> some games at that point. Where but... wear the Johnny Manziel jersey with three different oranges on it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. there was some news this week, and we want to get into it. Obviously, the biggest news for Browns Nation was Landry getting paid, getting that paper. If How do you gonna, feel? If we're going to go into the news, we probably should do it right. So. Oh, jeez. Transition into the news and proper. now the news. So, as you can see, we're trying new fancy things like transitions. And <laughs> I'm, not, trans- I'm not fancy, so. That's fine. <laughs> but let's get back to the heart of it. The news. Landry getting paid. Big money. Well, when you look at the rest of the receivers, very big money. Uh, we looked at a kind of a stat line before the show, and it basically broke it down in a graph form. And you have all these little lines for everybody else, Josh Gordon, Coleman, everybody else. All of a sudden, you get to Landry, and it's this. 
So you have a lot of guys getting paid two million a year and somebody getting paid fifteen. Tyler, how do you feel about that contract? Did we reach? Did we? I think that comparatively speaking, the best value we have is Josh Gordon, and I think the worst value we have is Landry. So dollar per you know investment, what's our return going to be? The nice part is he's twenty five. So a five-year deal gets them to thirty. We're not, we're not, you know, keeping somewhere. And the other good thing about NFL contracts is they really don't mean shit for the team. You know, he got forty-seven million or something right around there guaranteed. But that's also sort of a fallacy because teams have ways of getting out, right? So we look at it and we say, "Whoa, man, it's it looks really bad." And it, you know, we we gave a lot of money up. But the reality of the situation is, with all these contracts, there is usually a way out without having the team suffer because that's just how the NFL works. Joe, knowing very little about Brown's uh, <laughs> receivers in general, mm-hmm. you know, you knew Landry in Miami. Yeah. He was a great possession receiver, eight yards a catch, a lot of catches. Do you think he's worth being the top paid wide receiver in football? No. Do you, how, on a scale of one to ten Randy Mosses, where is he land? So Randy Moss is, you know, obviously. So ten, <laughs> so ten Randy Mosses would be like Randy Moss, Moss. Calvin Johnson, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. top tier. So where do you think Landry is? One to ten Randy Mosses. That's six, seven. Seven. So he's still, I mean, he's still pretty good, right? Yeah, but he's definitely not worth the money that they're paying. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I a think a little lackluster last year. He was on my fantasy team, and it just um, have you met Have you met Jay Cutler? Yeah, uh, yeah I saw what Jay Cutler did. I saw him for many seasons in Chicago. I don't know if we quite should blame Landry for the lack of production. Yeah, Jay Cutler uh, is Jay Cutler, and that's how we'll say. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I think for the average NFL fan that is not a team affiliated fan, that contract looks probably absurd because I think there's only one receiver, maybe two, in football: Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham. Where I'd see that money and be like, okay, like I understand it. Mm-hmm. But let's also look at this. In the past year, I mean, Calvin Johnson's hung it up. We've had some big-name receivers kind of step away from the game. Do Is there really, outside of Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown, is there a other top-flight receiver? Des Bryant. Who got cut. <laughs> Do you well, look at a Mike Evans like that? No, I don't. And I think Mike Evans' contract was preposterous as well, you know, the extension they gave him. I, he... Um, I think Julio Jones probably fits in there, okay. now that I'm thinking about it. So if you have three, maybe, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think there's an opportunity for Landry... I think Landry reminds me of, to go to a different sport, reminds me of baseball as a setup pitcher. And he he's going to get you through when you need those, like, just, fuck, we need a third down com- like conversion here, right? Because his, uh, I was reading a stat, and it was, like, 65% of all his catches resulted in a first down. Mm-hmm. So, fuck, we need a first down, you know, probably give it to him, let him see if he can run wild. You know, hope that the cold doesn't affect him because he's always played in warm weather. We have to always think about that too. He's LSU, mm-hmm. Miami. Those are the only two places where you can really look at and say, okay, we've always played in warm weather. You never had to play in the cold. So right. I think it'll be interesting. Odell Beckham has done both. He played at LSU with Landry, and obviously he plays in New York. So I think you know, for him personally, I'm I'm grateful he's on the team. I don't. I think obviously we probably gave up gave him a little well, too much. Well, my biggest thing is this, is but, I don't know if the wide receiver market is really set. You're looking at Odell wanting a new contract. Brown, I don't know what the status of his contract is, but I think the Killer Bees might run into some problems in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So by going out and 
potentially paying a little bit much for Landry. I think we're really just kind of feeling that uncertain market. Well, let's look at the wide receiver that we talked about, Dez. He got cut. Mm-hmm. Um, the first question that I think of when I when I saw this is, why the fuck did you not do this before free agency started? You would have opened up cap space. You could have gone after Landry. You could have gone after Watkins. You could have gone after Robinson, Allen Robinson, Chicago Bear now. Um, I mean, you got Alan Hearns. That's great. But is Alan Hearns a Des Bryant type of playmaker? I mean, that's the question I have. Was was Dallas smart with how they went about this? I think I think it's a hard spot to be in. We don't know what all happened in the back room. Um, and we also know that Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones. So I think the timing probably had a lot to do with just – probably no real movement on them negotiating out a contract between Dez and the Cowboys. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the Cowboys didn't want to get rid of him, but they didn't want to pay him for the uh, production that he hasn't gotten in the last couple of years. And so, you know, he wasn't willing to budge. He still thinks, you know, when you're one of those top players, you're going to think, no, you guys should be paying me the most money that, you know, you said you were going to pay me. And now they came to this spot where it was just like well no one's budging so it's time it's time to cut ways we were talking about it last night and i think ezekiel elliott will be the number one fantasy football player by miles next year regardless of david johnson coming back regardless whatever he'll have arguably a top five offensive line Mm -hmm. their passing game because they saw what happened when elliott was not there with Dak. they they struggled you're gonna use elliott in more ways because guess who you don't have barking at you to get him the ball? You don't have that top dog that's like, dude, I'm right here. I'm Des Bryant. Throw up the X, dog. You don't have that anymore, right? You have Elliot saying, feed me. Like, you sling it out to the side to me. Put me out in the slot. I don't care. I'll do whatever. And I think Elliot will come out to be, you know, I think I'm calling it now. I think he's going to be the number one fantasy football player next year. I think he will have, like, David Johnson-like production from two years ago. And I think that really helps them, honestly. I think let's look at it from a Browns perspective. Uh, Given what we gave to Landry and given what our current wide receiver state is, we still have a lot of cap room. Any shot the Browns bring in Dez? No. Dez Bryant was making $12 million a year. A lot of people don't know that. I mean, we're paying $15 million for Landry. I think it's a bigger gap. I think really you could argue that you could pay Landry $7 million more a year because that's how much more production you're going to get. You know, inversely, right? So, Joe, I know you have some Des Bryant love. You know, you like that type of showboaty, you know, give me the ball. Yeah, yeah. So, where do you, you know, what do you think? Do you think you should try to contact Cleveland? Think Cleveland should? Yeah, I think I think Cleveland would definitely uh, be benefited by getting Des Bryant. Maybe not for the amount of money that he's wanting, but if you know the guy's got no place to go right now, I think it'd be smart for Cleveland to contact him. I think what Dallas did, I mean, it hurt them. I think it hurt them. But I think it hurt Des Bryant even more mm-hmm. because you essentially said, hey, you've got a week and a half, two weeks before the draft. Everyone's signed the big free agent wide receivers and have used up a lot of their cap space. So you're not, you know, you want to go somewhere, you're going to, number one, have to take less money <laughs> because everyone's signed these other players. And number two, you're not the best free agent available in the market. You're just another guy now. And I think they, they you know, the phrasing that people have been saying, oh, they did him dirty, I mean, I don't think they did them dirty. It was a business move. And they said, hey, buddy, like, you've produced for us. The fact is, Dallas, 
I would argue, is one step closer to winning a Super Bowl today than they were when they had Des Bryant on their roster. Because freeing up the cap space gives you an opportunity to to move money around, you know, maybe sign a better backup. I mean, there's a lot of things that they could do that makes them in a position to win, I would argue, you know, maybe one of the hardest divisions, right? I mean, you get the Eagles, the Skins aren't terrible, they have Alex Smith, the Giants, if they can figure it out for a couple of weeks at a time, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the Cowboys, obviously, right? So I think it was, a, it was a little bit different. Ultimately, what team do you think he will land on? I think Redskins. Okay. I have no idea which team he's going to go to. <laughs> I think For Dez, I think what he's going to want to do is go to a, go to uh, the same division just yeah. so he can see them a couple of times a year and really get, give it to him. I know this goes against everything Dave Gettleman would do. Put him outside with Beckham Jr. in New York. That would be a top five passing offense. That'd be definitely interesting. And you'd have OBJ, Des Bryant, Brandon Marshall's gone. I mean, he's, it, it, you're just pretty much replacing the Brandon Marshall, right? Mm-hmm. Yet you still got the young guard, Sterling Shepard. <laughs> you have three really good receivers. I mean, I think he fits in well. It gives Eli Manning no more excuses. <laughs> and you say, hey, and here's the best part. If New York decided to draft a quarterback and they had Bryant on the roster for three years, let's just say three years total, you have a veteran wide receiver. You have OBJ who, if he doesn't get paid, so be it. You let him walk. Because then you have Shepard, who's still young, who's going to be coming up. And then you have Bryant, who can help, hopefully. And the best news for Bryant is he gets to play the Cowboys twice a year. Probably one of those games is going to be on Thanksgiving in the next couple years, which is where he really wants that to, to show up, yeah. right? Well, um, let's transition back to more uh, Brown-centric news. They had a lot of player visits over the last couple weeks with draftees. Uh, I think there's some notable names left off the board. Yes. So I don't know if it's normal. That's like I haven't I haven't been following it enough in my life to know the the meeting size, like who who we're calling in. Because you know I see some teams that are calling in wide receivers that are going to be drafted late in the first round, possibly, and then I see teams just calling in quarterbacks, which looks like what we did, right? We called in Allen, mm-hmm. Darnold, Rosen, Mayfield. Mm-hmm. And Jackson. Jackson was the last one. To bring everybody up to speed, what we're talking about is the fact the Browns did not bring in Chubb, Barkley, or Fitzpatrick in for personal workouts or meetings with the team. And Fitzpatrick, just so we're all sort of on the same boat, Fitzpatrick's stock, for whatever reason, has dropped dramatically. He's coming up as a 10 to 15 pick. Um, And that's mainly because the quarterback hype is real. So the first four to five, six picks are going to have quarterbacks... A lot, <laughs> right? And so I could see them saying, "We're not going to bring him in. We have, you know, we just got defensive backs. We're not looking at defensive back." If they brought in Denzel Ward, then I would have said, "Bring in Fitzpatrick." But you know, they brought in. When I read things, I think there's there's always multiple grains of salt, not just one. But the hype around Allen coming in scares me to death. Well, I guess let's let's kind of circle around to this. Say the Browns do draft a quarterback at number one, mm-hmm. regardless of who it is. With not bringing in any one of those three, what are the Browns going to do at number four? I And that's the thing. I don't think – I think there's a way that the NFL looks at this. They're looking at the quarterback as your face, as does he fit in with how management is going to proceed. Think about every move Green Bay makes, how frustrated Aaron Rodgers gets because he's not included. And I think that's what a lot of these teams do is they want to bring somebody in that – you know, if he does blow up to be a great quarterback, Peyton Manning, for example, 
you want to be on the same page with them. So they're, you know, hey, we're gonna we're thinking about doing this. You go to that kid and say, hey, we're thinking about doing this. You know, maybe you don't need their approval for sure, but you want to at least know that they're on the same page. We're management. You're the talent. We're gonna do moves that you might not agree with. And I think so that's are why you they're leaning, touching. You're leaning towards we're gonna draft a quarterback at one. Draft a quarterback at and one and sit at and sit at picks two and three and talk to him about who we should select at four. No, I'm saying in general that you're not going to talk to Miles Garrett, right, about, hey, we're going to revamp our defense and get cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. But you will talk to your quarterback when you're like, hey, we want to sign Des Bryant. That's just normal. I would say that's a normal conversation to have. Mm-hmm. So you want to sit down with the kid and see what his expectations are. And, I, and I'm and i not saying you know either way. I think it's foolish not to sit down with everyone that you're thinking about drafting in the first five yeah. picks. But I think that might be the mentality going into it is, hey – this guy's going to have a little bit more movement and sway and leadership. I mean, if we draft Bradley Chubb, we have Miles Garrett, you know, they'll just figure it out. <laughs> I think that's more the thought process. So I don't you're know. Just, you're just kind of looking at pick four as best available. Yes. Regardless of whether we've kicked the tires on them or not. Yes. And I think, um, I mean, I honestly think the Browns would benefit from Barkley mainly due to energy. I think energy is something... I mean, I, I saw the Carlos Hyde, and there's, like, the diehard Browns fans that are like, oh, man, Carlos Hyde, like, that's awesome. But us, we're like, oh, God, Carlos Hyde. <laughs> well, he's a bruiser, and I don't know if that's quite what the Browns offense need at this point. With with not having a proven quarterback, with having a wide receiver room that's revamped completely, yep. uh, I don't know if a bruiser is quite where you want to be, but yeah. we'll have to see. Well, and I think, you know, to get to Joe, like, Barkley comes in, Let's just say he doesn't produce as the same level as Elliott because Elliott was a, a one 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 down back or three down back, excuse me, mm-hmm. and he produces, and you start seeing just a flash of what Elliott was doing. Would you you would obviously take notice because you're a fantasy player mm-hmm. that generates more hype around the Browns in general, right? Because you're looking at Browns players all of a sudden, and I think that's the Browns don't want to be the laughing stock anymore. I think Miami is going to probably pull up that mantle pretty quick, <laughs> and I think Barkley sort of pulls us up even higher from from that lower that lower tier. Yeah, so why wouldn't you take Barkley at number one then? Well because there's arguably what, three or four quarterbacks that are I would I that think, people are like, oh well, which one's I better? think you're really getting into five. Um I think the biggest reason why you do not take Barkley at number one is because everybody is so quarterback needy, quarterback I guess heavy, they they have to have them. Yeah it's critical for them. That picks one or picks two and three there's a, only a chance of somebody moving up to take a quarterback. No one's going to move up to take Barkley, at least yeah. not from what I've heard. And and I the don't... Giants, if they took Barkley, the Giants will be, in my opinion, conceding the NFC East. They need an edge rusher, and they need a replacement for Eli Manning. Both of those will be available at number two. The Jets, who traded to move up two spots to number three, are taking a quarterback. If they take a running back, the Jets will continue being the Jets. That's just what it's going to be. They've, you know, the thought process is you don't move up to take a running back unless you know the running back's a sure thing. And Elliott at four, when he was drafted by Dallas, I would argue wasn't even a sure thing because of the domestic abuse. And that came back and bit them for six games last year. Mm -hmm. Took a little while, but it came back. And for those six games, they pretty much got kicked out of any playoff chance. And... They moved up. He was great for the first year. Last year, I think we all could see that he looked a lot slower. I mean, generally speaking, he looked slower. It could be that teams were loading the box even more. They were daring Dak to pass to Dez, who was hurt a lot too. 
But that's why. The the running back talent, I mean, you can get Geis probably at 20, 22. And he's, I mean. We got yeah. To- uh, what we were talking about earlier is, so I don't think we're in disagreement that we want Saquon Barkley on the team. And then what? Which quarterback? So to guarantee solidify the pick, you get him first and then, man, eh, there's. Those other quarter to me it doesn't matter for those quarterbacks like it's you're gonna get one of the you know one of the guys that you want anyways because all three of them uh, what Allen Darnold, Allen Darnold and, and Mayfield and Mayfield is, are the three that I would go for. I guess my concern would be this: is if we follow your follow your uh, plan, take, take Barkley. Barkley. So pick number two, I would say pick number two is probably Rosen. Okay, Rosen's gone. We weren't gonna probably draft him anyways because of his mentality and stuff. So. And then I would say probably Darnold to the Jets at that point, which then you're looking at not saying that Mayfield. Allen or Mayfield. I okay. I watched Josh I would Allen love play Mayfield. last year. I would I, love Mayfield so much. I would take Mayfield. Wait, even though it gives me vibes. I don't care about your vibes. It could be good <laughs> vibes. All right, so we could probably go around about this all day long. Let's get into quick hits. It's a new segment. It's a you know it's a little bit of a it's going to be a little bit of a mishmash of multiple things. I think we found out after last week it's really good for us kind of to end with a more of a question kind of yeah put our panel on the spot so we're going to try to keep going with that. All right, producer, first question. First question. This is going to be Mad Lib style question, so you just have to fill in the blank. I guess so. It's not Mad Lib. It's, it's fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> um, first question: the deal with Landry was blank. We'll let our guest. <sighs> Expensive. Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> okay, Garrett, what do you think? Well, I, I was going to follow up with Joe and just be money. Yeah. But uh, no, I would say the deal with Landry was, uh, I would say it was a reach. Yeah. I'd say the deal with Landry was needed. That's the, I think that we would all agree. All three of them are correct. Um, but it was something that really, I, I, at the end of the day, I like what the Browns mentality is now. So, question two, here we go. Question two, if I were John Dorsey, I would draft blank at number one and blank at number four. Okay, Joe, John well, Dorsey's the general manager. You already know. <laughs> Saquon Barkley first, and then uh, probably Baker Mayfield okay. fourth. I can't believe I'm saying this, and this will be on record, apparently. Darnold at one, Chubb at four. Okay. <clears throat> Barkley at one. Chubb at four, trade back in to get Jackson at the end of the first. Think that wasn't part of the question. I know, I sprinkled it in. What? Oh. This is not, do not answer an essay form. So wait, uh, go on one more time. I want to make sure I heard you right. Barkley at one. Okay. Because it makes Joe happy. Okay. Chubb at four, because it gives me a Chubb. Gotcha. And... Jackson coming back into the, at the end of the I wanted to make sure I heard you right. Wow. That's, okay, that would have to be a little out there. I think that's... But do you think Jackson's going to be... Two okay, years. So, two years. Two yeah, years. But do you think Jackson will be taken in the first round? Because don't we have the first, second round pick? Yeah. But so well, then why wouldn't you just take Jackson in because the second there are a lot of teams, be Because there's the a lot still? of teams at the end of the first and teams that did not get the top four quarterbacks that will be clamoring to who do you think? The Patriots. Patriots have the 22nd pick that they got from the Rams for that trade. A lot of teams, I think, are going to be trying to get in there. If Jackson's not gone by 22, I can see a team begging Bill Belichick. That's an interesting take. So, number three. Question number three. The worst thing for the Browns to do at number one would be blank. Woo! 
Joe? Take another quarterback. Just take quarterbacks. Hey, hey, it's not here. We're just going to take another quarterback. Switch it up, man. Let's go. I think the worst thing they can do at one would be to not address the offensive side of the ball. Okay, I think the worst thing to do at number one is take Josh Allen. So I like to, to call people out. He's got big hands. He's a tall dude that can throw a ball far. That's all he's got, in my opinion. Other people think he's the best. So just don't take him. We'll be good. Question number four. The Browns will finish blank in the AFC North. So, Joe, there are four teams in the AFC North. And they <laughs> the Ravens, yeah. the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Browns. And that's typically how they finish. Browns are going to finish second. Okay. Ooh. I agree with Joe. Ooh. I said at the beginning, I thought the Browns were going to win the division. What? And I will stick with that because I think... There is going to be an injury to one of the big three in Pittsburgh this year. One of the bees is going down? Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be Bell. And I think with his contract, he will not be rushing back onto the field for them. I think he will get, it could be hamstring pull, it could be something minor, but four games, five games, oh my goodness. Hangnail? You know, He's going to set out a couple weeks for hangnail or something? Yeah. I mean, could be. so many weapons on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Fantasy dream right there. You guys, next week we're going to get, it's a surprise I have for you guys, we're going to get a board of all the predictions that you make throughout the year, and then at the end we can kind of go through and pick and choose out ones and what they're worth. You're really excited about this, What kind of things? She's she's a plan. I I can see it in your eyes. As Casey Neistat would say, there's makers and there's managers. And I'm a manager. She's a manaker. Okay. 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 (laughs) Final question in the round. No, here. there's. Oh, that is the final one. Number yep. five. Our number one draft pick will start blank games in 2018. How many number of games? There's 16 games in a year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> How many is the number one draft pick sure. going to start? Hey, can you also get Joe a, a NFL for Dummies book so he can figure out what exactly? So Joe has <laughs> said 16 games. That's because Joe it's going to be Saquon. Games. If it's Saquon Barkley, it's it's 16 games. If you get a quarterback. Who knows? Because Tyrod Taylor, uh, you're going to see maybe how far he can take you, how much you're going to nurse this new, new little pup. You know, what do you get? What do you, oh, that's going to go ahead and get it. This is why I'm saying it. Saquon Barkley, you want that Stop dude out there. And the you table. got freaking Tyrod Taylor coming in as quarterback. It's not, you know, so. 16 yeah. games. Yeah, your guys' quarterback. Put it on the board. Yep. 16, 16 games. 16 games. Two. Okay. I think we do take a quarterback at one. I think uh, Tyrod. As much as I don't want this to happen, I think Tyrod gets banged up, and there's two games in there where we have to start a, a rookie quarterback. I think the number one pick will start three games. Start a game in week eight, week nine. He'll be quarterback week eight, week nine, due to Tyrod having a concussion. And the week after, they'll keep Tyrod out again because he has longer concussion issues. And then at the end of the year, if we're out of it, you know, let's say we're six and ten, and we're six and nine. Uh, they'll throw them in and see, because I think they'll do sort of what the Bills did, but in a much more professional, logical manner. Peterman, <laughs> Peterman. Um, let's go over. Did you, you know, guys? Did you guys hear from anyone this week? Yeah, we did. Well, thank you. I appreciate that transition. Um, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate. Stop that. transitioning yourself. I'll transition you. Whoa. This... Manager. Well, that's, you know, I, I, as long as he transitions into staying what he currently is, we're good with that. Um, so we got 
Charlie. Wow, eight and eight. What I think we'd go five and eleven if we're lucky. What did you think our records would be last year at this time? And I'm so on the Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen bandwagon. You put twenty pounds on that guy. Look out! I love the pocket quarterbacks. So last year, I thought the Browns. I think I even wrote it. I thought they were going to win four games. So I mean, I was very optimistic. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> well, hindsight, but yeah. How, how, I mean, just thinking back to last year, you you knew who were on the Browns. We didn't know Gordon was coming back, so. We just had a uh, we, we had the number one pick prior to the draft, so we knew that. So a little bit of buzz around Miles Garrett had already come out. How many did you think last year? I mean, Joe, the Browns were in the league last year. I know it's hard because you don't draft any. Oh, you thought they're going to win zero? Okay, still, okay. okay. Yeah. At least he was accurate. I, I agree with you. I think the four to five wins was realistic. Yeah. I mean, a broken clock's right two times a day. The Browns could win at least a couple times a season. One thing I want to remind Joe is this is also a podcast, so by putting up hand signals, we don't, you know, oh, the listening yeah. audience, theater of the mind, they can't hear you. Yes. So, um, <laughs> well, the answer spoke for well, itself okay, there, as well, right? I there didn't goes say my anything. I, Zero wins. <laughs> well, there goes my idea for an all sign language podcast. I guess <laughs> podcast for the deaf. Uh, <laughs> I, so here we got we got a little snickle here. I subscribe because the guy on the left is clearly a former Cleveland Browns quarterback, Johnny Manziel. I can't remember which one, but I know he is. There you go, Johnny Manziel. That, that was his jersey. Um, it is cool that you hooked up with a guy from Comic Book Men to do a show on the Beloved Browns, Kevin Smith. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> FYI, I enjoyed the conversation, but you guys need to change the camera around a little closer, do some side facing of each other. Head to better. head. No, uh, appreciate the feedback. Hey, wait, isn't Kevin Smith's character in that famous movie, isn't he Silent Bob? Yeah, but isn't Jay also like cooler? Damn. Fair enough. <laughs> so we got we got uh, we got Ben Affleck from Dogma coming in. <laughs> so it's it's cool. Oh my goodness, we got some Ramo justice. All right, so um, we'll go. He has two comments. We'll go through the first one. Are we drafting for the number four pick? Nobody wants to talk about it, but our defense still sucks. We've added three defensive backs and safeties. We also got rid of the only good one that we had. We're improved in no other positions. So he does not agree that we have improved our wide receiver core. He does not uh, uh, not well, agree that he we improved our quarterback. I, I take it, though, as he's talking about the defense. We've not improved our defense in any way. We've just kind of, I think in his eyes, we've stayed pat. We've let go of some people. We've brought some people in. And I think, I really think the, the Danny uh, Shelton, Sheldon, I can't remember his last name. I think his trade really sort of rub people the wrong way, especially lifers, right? They looked at him, they're like, man, he's a nose tackle. Like, what are we doing well, here? Well, but we also don't run a 3-4 defense. <clears throat> we also need to stop the run. Well, true. So, so. I don't completely disagree with him, but I also am curious to see what a full year of a healthy Miles Garrett yeah, I think Miles Garrett, fully healthy, Agba on the other side, fully healthy, knowing that they're the starters. I think they can get after, especially knowing that you actually have defensive backs that aren't going to just let people run by you. That might also help them feel confident. Um, even if the defensive backs don't want to tackle running backs, at least their edge rushing will be a little bit better, I think. Uh, second comment. Without a strong defense, the only way the Browns are going to be competitive in the, well, he said NFC North, so obviously he's like me, AFC North, <laughs> is to have a strong running game and an even stronger time management game. So Tyrod, I think, compliments that. And I think, you know, we'll get to the rest of the comment. But simply eat up the clock and keep the opponent's offense and the Browns' defense off the field. 
Hugh Jackson is the worst time management coach I have ever seen. Well, he doesn't pull any points. Wait, he hasn't seen Mike Riley, obviously, at Nebraska. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> Nor will Nebraska. <laughs> uh, Carlos Hyde isn't strong enough, isn't a strong enough running back to carry that off by himself. So unless we get a really good running back and an offensive lineman or beef up the defense, we're not winning more than three or four games this year. Yeah, but don't they have three second-round picks? So you take defense, the first pick of the second round, and then an offensive tackle, and then another defensive lineman. I think one thing that um, we – I think the Browns are smart because I think they know that the league is transitioning to offense. I think we all agree with that. Mm -hmm. The only way the NFL stays relevant is by – stupid things that happen in the end zone and celebrations, really. Like, you get ESPN to do those top ten celebrations of the day, and then the NFL gets more hype. It's They want the scoring to occur, right? So I think the Browns clearly see that. I think the old regime did not really see it. They thought, you know, hard, uh, what do they call it, smash-mouth football is the way to go. And I, and I agree that there is a place for that. I mean, Dallas is going to be doing that, I'd assume. But not when you're going to have to put up 45 points against Pittsburgh. We, even if our defense is great, they're probably going to score three times. So to beat them, you have to score four times. And we have to have the ability to do that. Well, I look at it as you look at last year and how bad of a year Kaiser had with turning the ball over. I honestly, I think that having a more of a ground and pound... Kaiser. Sean Kaiser is <laughs> new Green Bay uh, backup. So. Yeah. Anyway, as bad as you had with that, really... I don't want to say slowing the offensive down, but really kind of getting into a more methodical control the ball, thus control the clock offense, is going to benefit Cleveland. Yeah, and, and I totally agree with that. I think, I think though, sexiness, as weird of a word as that is to use with big 300-pound men pushing each other around, mm-hmm. sexiness in the offense is what really brings fans back. The Barkley... For Joe, mm-hmm. the Landry for others, the Gordon when Gordon is on and he is healthy, he is a stud. That's that's my guy. Sexy, sexy. He He's can, a sexy beast. He can play on grass. Yeah, he can run. He's a gazelle out there. But you know what I mean. That's what really draws people in. I like defense as much as the next person. I really do because I was a Seahawks fan. But the one thing that the defense did in Seattle is they made plays like an offense. They made a turnover look freaking incredible. Right, crazy interception gets up, runs it back to the ten yard line, stuff like that. If our defense just can hold, not break, I think we actually have a chance, and that's why I think an injury to Bell, an injury to Brown or Roethlisberger, you can win three or four weeks in a row. All of a sudden, the momentum's there. We just ride, and I think it really can happen. Mm-hmm. The four wins, I think, is a. I mean, he's not really giving the Browns much credit, but he's probably got a lot, well, a lot more okay. experience rooting well, for them than we Well, let's also do. look at 0-16 from the previous year. Four wins is still an improvement. 400% <laughs> upgrade. So We have about six minutes before the camera shuts off, so I have one final question for you. Okay. I want you to rank the following breakfast foods. Ooh, breakfast. Pancakes, waffles, and French toast. Joe, can we let Garrett answer? <laughs> no, we'll let no, guest stories go. Go, go ahead, Joe. No, 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 no Joe. Go you know that you are ready for breakfast. All right, so I would rank it as pancakes. Here, I'm gonna put my hand here. You're gonna, gonna put a foam pad up because yeah. you keep smacking the table. French toast, then waffles. So PFW, got it. Well, I'm gonna go French toast, 
Pancakes. Un-American. Waffles. There you go. It's obviously waffles. They're the most conducive vessel to get you the, you know, the demand of syrup that you're going to need. I didn't ask for reasons. I just yeah. wanted you to rank yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a debate. Just yeah. tell us what you French like. French toast and pancakes. But really, you know, she and left, that's it. She left <laughs> one out. It's, it's really waffles, French toast, crepes, then pancakes. How much syrup are you really getting of French toast? Okay. Well, see, it's a toast, right? And it's also French. So Please tune in for our spinoff uh, show, <laughs> Breakfast with Tyler and uh, Joe. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I know Joe uh, was doing a lot more with his hands, so you couldn't really hear that today. But uh, we appreciate Joe coming by. Mm-hmm. Thanks Lip, for stopping yeah. in. Lip Miguel. It's really yeah, cool to see you know other, other opinions from an outside perspective. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Subscribe. Like. Trigger those bells. Trigger those bells, as Joe would say. Um, follow us on Twitter. We post updates pretty much daily, three to four times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, Born Browns. And uh, if you have any questions, concerns, you can email us at morningandbrowns at gmail.com. We'll read it on air. We'll cut them up, break it down. Um, we will be going over a little bit more in depth uh, the draft yep. next week. We are and two then, weeks away from the draft, realistically. Yeah. I mean, when you factor in. And I'm not, I haven't ran this by anybody, but Lord. I'm thinking about we should do a round one recap on Friday. And get it out for Friday night. Well, I thought about that too. That's why I took Friday off. That's why I took Friday off. That's why I took Friday, Friday off. off. You guys! <laughs> so, Joe, you have Friday, Friday off. off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yes, we are probably realistically looking at two a, shows that week. Two shows that week. I think. Or just, li- maybe, what about a live stream? Well, we could do it from DJs. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> details, no. details to come, everybody. We'll hopefully be doing two shows the week of the draft, but uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Thanks, guys. That'll be. <laughs> I don't know what you just said. <laughs>